I'm sitting down with Arizona State head coach Bob Bowman, who is just coming off of multiple wins this weekend with his Sun Devils. Uh, your men and women beat Cal. Overall thoughts on this dual meet? We didn't really go into this with the goal of winning a dual meet, right? We have some things we're trying to accomplish in the swimming. So for us, I think we were looking to put on the technical suits and start racing to a level that would give us some indications about where we are in our training and, and kind of what the next steps would be in the training going forward. And we're very happy with that. And uh, I was extremely happy with our ability to uh, swim quite well on Friday afternoon and then come back on Saturday and be at basically the same level or a little better in some places. So that was a, a good thing as well. Good lesson for the guys and ladies. Yeah. Uh, so with, you know, you guys had mid season in mid November, which I, you know, to be fair is like two months, uh, away now, but you know, that's typically a point when we see swimmers peaking swimmers putting up these kinds of times that you guys were putting up this weekend. So what, Coming off of winter training, which I assume was 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 pretty hard. Um, yeah. What were you? What kind of times were you looking for? I think we surpassed my expectations, to be honest. Um, because if you look at what we did going into this, the training was relatively normal. I will give full disclosure. My group, uh, they were so tired on Wednesday afternoon and really swam terrible that I gave them an easy day Thursday. So if that's resting, then they got it. But uh, then we just kind of went into the racing on Friday. <laughs> I was afraid that the way they look Wednesday, I was like, my God, we're going to suit up for these meets and get beat for the people who don't, you know, it's be not, would it not be good? So anyway, um, so we did have a kind of a light day there. But in general, I just think that they were able to come off of the midseason with a very and we did a very short preparation for the midseason. We did shave a lot of people, not everyone, um, but we only did about a four or five days rest. So while you get a bump in performance, it's not like we did a full preparation for that. So then we came into an excellent training phase where I feel like we pushed the envelope in several areas and both the kind of volume of training, but also the quality of the training we were doing. And they've adapted quite well to that. So I think it was sort of a natural byproduct of coming out of that training and kind of having, I guess, it was two weeks for us of sort of normal training after the Christmas training. You probably get a little bump from that as well. But I didn't think we did anything special to prepare except for put on the suit. Mm -hmm. uh, so in particular, obviously, Leon Marchand was a standout. He had multiple yeah. NCAA leading times, NCAA record in the 400 IM, first man to go 331 in a dual meet, no less. Uh, t can you tell me about what you've seen from him leading up to this meet? And then over the yeah. course of that 24 hours, was there any point when you were like, yeah, he might, he, he might, uh, he might break an NCAA record in the 400. Right. I am. Well, he is, you know, I, I spoke with Eddie Reese while we texted yesterday and I was like, you know, Leon right now is reminding me of Michael in like 2003. He is, his fitness level is so high that he can produce really fast times with the high volume of training. I mean, he is just kind of functioning all firing on all cylinders. Um, I'll give you an example. Monday afternoon, we did 7,500, uh, kind of a threshold. Well, it was a threshold set, very similar to the kind of stuff we do all the time. And he was swimming quite well through it. And the last 500 was supposed to be a red pace 500, right? So threshold pace 500. And he was going so well. I was like, 
hey, why don't you just see what you can do on this and go for it? He's like, okay, 418. From a push, no suit, negative split, 210, 208, <laughs> the 250s. And so when you do that kind of thing in your normal training, you can probably put a suit on and do some pretty good times in the meet. Um, and, and it's just kind of a lot of different things. He would do um, – he's done some good breaststroke work. He's done some good butterfly, all the strokes. But, uh, you know, that I thought was particularly good, and I haven't seen anybody come close to doing something like that in practice, and I've had a few good swimmers, right? So uh, I, that's kind of the things that we saw leading up. I After his first day of racing, those times were so good, right, just the breaststrokes and um, his 2 a.m., I thought, well, maybe he could go 33 or something. I thought maybe he would be close to his time, right? You know, that would be, be good. And then he just got into a good rhythm. and was feeling good. And it was a good day, good energy. We had a lot of big crowd for the meet. So it was kind of a nice environment to do it. And uh, he told me after the race, he thought he was going slow. So I don't know what that means, but I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. That's, that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah. and it's, I mean, it's been fun to see Leon perform like that all season. And obviously we're looking yeah. forward to, to seeing what he could do. So, so suiting up in this dual meet environment, when did that, when did you decide to adopt that into your philosophy and specifically for this meet where I'm guessing, mm-hmm. you know, you had told Cal prior and they said, okay, we're yeah. not going to suit up. Yeah, we had talked to all the coaches beforehand, probably two weeks before. You know, when you have the you kind of talk to them and decide what the format's going to be for the meet and what events and what relays and all that stuff. And we definitely laid it out there and they were great about it. You know, I, I think that, you know, Dave Gurdon was like, totally respect that. We probably aren't going to. I was like, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, every you do you, we'll do us. And they have a process that we know works, right? I have no out, no doubt they'll be there at the end, and we are thinking we're going to be there at the end. So we'll see how all this plays out. But over the last year or so, we've been having discussions with our staff about the suits, the technical suits, and wearing them in the meets. And there are a number of reasons that we want to do it. And we do it second semester this year. And I think we'll probably just stick with that because I kind of like not doing it for a while and then adding it in. But what we want to do is, number one, get race reps that are close to the actual race speeds. So when Leon, the best training any of these guys can do is the swimming they did in those two meets, regardless of all the other stuff. You know, if you've been a one of, of 331, 400 IM, that neuromuscular training, you can't get anywhere else under stress, all of that. Right. So then you carry that into the next thing and your body's learned something about how you got there. And then we'll suit up again for our dual meet at Arizona and try some other events probably and see where you are there. And then we'll do Pac-12s and then we'll do NCAAs. So you're getting in reps at that racing level. So that's important. The other thing is we wanted to really look at our training program and see what is eliciting the performances at the end. And if your philosophy is, well, we're just going to be tired. We're not going to wear any suits. We're going to just stay in that mode until we reduce all the volume, put on a suit, and shave, you know, you kind of add, take away everything at the end, and then hopefully it works. Well, of course, they're going to be better. But was that really the taper that you used? Or was it the suit? Was it the shave? You know, so we're still going to have a shave and a taper that we're going to be looking at. But at least we have that one variable controlled, so that we know the suit wasn't the major factor. It'll be the training, the shave and the taper. So that that's another way we want to look at it. And I just think, 
you know, I, I literally fought back in every major meet in his career, major meet, and I'll start that at like a, I don't even think junior nationals is major, but at that level, Michael wore a racing suit in every race. Didn't seem to hurt him, seemed to keep progressing, always seemed to do well at the end. You know, it wasn't like, you know, some horrible crime was committed because you wore a racing suit in the middle of the season. Everybody's doing it. And so our pros are doing that. And it seems to work for them. And I think they get a lot of valuable information from doing that. And that's what we wanted to put into the college program. And so far, we're happy with it. I mean, we'll see, you know. We can only judge it from the end. So maybe we'll look back and say, oh, God, that was stupid. But we'll find out. So speaking of that, it seemed like last year the ASU men's team specifically took a big leap. I'm wondering what you've taken from last season. Um, You know, they finished sixth at the NCAAs. They had a standout Pac-12 championships. I'm wondering what you took from last season that you brought into this season um, and, you know, are carrying into now the second semester where we're almost – to championship season again? Well, we have a much more experienced team for one thing, right? I think when we went to NC2As last year, maybe two people had even been to NC2As. Because <laughs> we redshirted everybody, you know, it was like a, a big difference. Uh, so we were able to kind of get through that hump pretty well, swam pretty well. But I think last year we were very focused on our team's performances at Pac-12s. We talked about it a lot. Because that's where we were trying to, you know, do some significant times, kind of set up what we were doing. We hadn't really been that competitive at Pac-12s. I mean, we had, but, like, we wanted to do better. So I feel like our mindset was a big emphasis on Pac-12s. And this year we changed it so everything is NCAAs. Everything. You know, Pac-12s will be the next step after these dual meets to our goals at NCAAs. And I think that's been the biggest change. I think that's been the biggest change in – the team is that we have that sort of belief now that we could swim on that level, you know, before we got six, I think we were 14th once and they're like 20th. So it's sort of like, we weren't even like really into me, but that last year we got to kind of have a taste about, wow, they're going to let us pick our seats this time. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. I think we'll just stay back in the warm up pool. It worked really great for us. So everybody have the good seats, but um, you know, that's kind of our mindset, particularly with the men is what we want to do. NCAAs and for the women we're probably still at the Pac-12 level wanting to perform well there but the recruiting classes we're bringing in with the women next year and the year after that uh they're going to be changing that shift as well it's just probably a year or two behind yeah absolutely um so uh, on a different note uh you were Mm -hmm. named the head coach of the 2023 world champs for the U.S. uh I'm curious what you're hoping to gain or, or what you see for yourself in this role, um, having having not been a head coach for at least a few years on Team USA. Yeah, well, it's good to be back. Uh, you know, I'm doing it because I want to use the experience that I have because it's it's crazy to think now, but like for most of my career, I was like that young guy that coached Michael Phelps, right? I was like the youngest one of all, and now I'm kind of like the oldest, but I have a lot of experience on these trips and we've seen a lot of good things, a lot of things we'd like to do better. Um, And I've been able to sort of collect all that over the years. And I would like to be able to use that knowledge to sort of not only help the athletes, which is your primary concern, right? Help them do well in this competition, but also um, hopefully share some things and um, be a resource for the coaches on staff, you know, trying to, you know, give back 
So I, that's why I want to do it. Yeah. Uh, will you be able to coach Leon at all, or will you be coaching Leon at all in Fukuoka? <laughs> well, you know, the reality of it is I didn't coach him in Budapest. I sat back and watched it happen and said, <laughs> great job. You know, he knows exactly what to do. You know, by the time he gets there, he runs the whole show. So, you know, I'll definitely say good morning and, uh, you know, be noticing kind of what he does, but my full efforts would be on the U S team. And he knows that, um, you know, clearly, you know, I'll be cheering for him, wanting to do well, just like I want all of our guys to do well. And it'll shake out how it shakes out, but he's got a very good club coach in Nicola Castell, who he trusts implicitly, who's going to be with him in their, uh, staging camp in Kanazawa, uh, and through the meet. So he'll be very well taken care of. And at that stage, there really isn't any coaching to be done. So I think it's going to work out just fine. <laughs> uh, so this was another topic of conversation um, when that article came out announcing you were the head coach. And I was just kind of curious. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure how USA Swimming does it, but you've yeah. been head Olympic coach once. I'm curious yeah. if that were if that offer were to fall on your plate again, is that something that you would accept? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I think that's there are some things in your life you you don't refuse. I think that's definitely one of them, right? So uh yeah, anytime you could represent your country in that way, you certainly would want to do it. That's an amazing honor and a tremendous experience. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I I someone I had talked to was kind of had said like, oh, it's kind of a, a one and done, like it's because it's such a big undertaking. But yeah. I, I love it and sense. I would I would definitely do it again if I was asked. You know, I <laughs> don't know if I'll be asked. There's plenty of other great coaches. I'm pretty sure we're taken care of for the next one. So uh I'll support the team as well as I can. But uh, you know, I, yeah, it's a great thing. All right. Okay. I have to end with this. Yeah. Do do you think do you think Michael's four hundred IM world record is on borrowed time at this point? Time will tell. You know, I I just keep going back to that quote, Lao Tzu, right? Those who know don't predict, and those who predict don't know. So <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>